some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Zones non-stop sports talk continues with a look at Nashville's teams and at news around the nation from the lead writer of 1045thezone.com. This is the Big Six. The Big Six with Jason Martin. Presented by Renters Warehouse. And here we go. Straight up, 6 o'clock on my watch. Means it's time for the one and only Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. It looks like Nick Saban's dream fantasy just exploded in here. There's little Debbie everywhere. And, of course, that's his thing. Not my thing anymore. My name is Jason Martin. You can follow me on Twitter at jmartzone. I'm blessed beyond measure, all reasonable and otherwise. Hope you recognize that you are as well. Ryan Albanese is behind the glass. He's spinning the Dodge radio style for us this evening. Well, since the last time I talked to you, it has not been a great time to be a Tennessee volunteer. I'm not going to talk about that here today, nor am I going to mention what my prediction for the Vols was on the debut of the Tennessee Tailgate Show with Joey Kent on Saturday. I'm hoping no one, and this is not something you should ever say in radio, but I'm hoping no one heard that show. I'm hoping that that just falls into the ether, that the recording was lost for eternity There are no titanium plates with this saved somewhere underneath the ground. It will never be known that I was kind of talked into predicting the Vols would win 10 games, including a bowl game. I did say it was contingent upon winning the first three games. had no idea that Georgia State was going to do that. I was in Philadelphia, so I didn't get to watch that massacre, but it was not good. And so the BYU number has changed, and people want everybody's head that exists in Knoxville right now. I say slow down. Weird things happened in the first week of a season, but this was not the way to start. Tomorrow is the way to start for the 100th season of the National Football League. And we have done half of our division previews. And this is my final show before the season starts. Tomorrow, Coach Mack, his new show begins. That's going to be can't miss, of course. So I won't talk to you until Friday. And we will already have a game in the books in one of the divisions I need to preview tonight. So we're going to do, over these next four segments, the four divisions that remain. And we will finish with the AFC South. So we will do the North, and then we will do the South in both conferences, finishing up right here with whether or not I think the Tennessee Titans will make the playoffs and what their record will be as they do so. Should you agree and or disagree with any of my takes, You can always call us at 615-737-1045, So let's start with the NFC North, and I'm doing this in six different categories, the same way we have done it with the East and the West. And I will reiterate at the end, I will mention all the teams I have in the playoffs, which will also kind of give you a refresher on what we've already done with the AFC, the NFC East, the AFC, and the NFC West. So the NFC North, best player is category one. And it's Aaron Rodgers. Now, I think that you could actually make an argument now for Khalil Mack. 
You could look at one of the two receivers in Minnesota, Stephon Diggs or Adam Thielen. You could even look maybe at Devontae Adams. But if you're a quarterback and you're in my list of six, you're probably the best player in your division. In most cases, I would say. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know that he's ever going to live up to the accolades that have been showered upon him verbally, just respective to no one has ever been more talented at what they do at the quarterback spot than Aaron Rodgers. But he's still only got the one Super Bowl to show for it. This year, he has a new head coach and some new pieces on defense, maybe a little bit better of an offensive line, but when everything is right. Now, I think Khalil Mack is right there, but this is a quarterback's league first. And so Aaron Rodgers gets the nod for me just barely over Khalil Mack of the Chicago Bears. Second category, best coach. This is not a great coaching division. It's just not because there's a lot of youth in the division. There's a lot of unprovenness in the division. You could certainly say it's Mike Zimmer. I'm going to go a different direction. I think this is going to be a referendum year on Mike Zimmer. You can't go with Matt LaFleur. He's never done it before. You can't go with Matt Patricia. I don't think he's very good. So I'm going with Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy, who the Chiefs wanted to do whatever they could from a contractual standpoint to get him there originally, to keep him there as long as they could. Matt Nagy, who was another one of those progressive offensive minds that's willing to really innovate and put his players in the best position to succeed. And a guy that seems awfully calm in the job. Seems like he'd be fun to play for. And, of course, they made the postseason last year, they being the Chicago Bears. You have to be careful with pronouns because people don't know what they means. But in this case, I mean the Chicago Bears. But it's Matt Nagy, even though he's still got a lot to prove. He's still unproven. It's a one-year thing so far. But Matt Nagy's the best coach. Now, what coach is on the hot seat? That's category three. You could say Matt LaFleur, perhaps, but it's his first season. The Packers haven't cut bait. They're not a franchise that cuts bait too often that quickly. Maybe Mike Zimmer, if the Vikings miss the postseason again. They missed it last year after going to the NFC Championship game when they had the Super Bowl in their backyard in Minneapolis-St. Paul. And Matt Patricia has zero equity. The only one that I know for sure is not going anywhere is Nagy, unless like some horrible scandal hits, which we're not going to assume is true. I think it's probably Matt Patricia. Just because if the Lions are as bad as I think that they might be, the way in which he coaches, the bristly nature, some of the things he says that appears to give off the opinion or the impression at least that he might be out to lunch. I think it's Matt Patricia. Maybe it's Zimmer, but I think that he's going to be around another couple of years, even if they're an eight-win team. And Matt LaFleur, I don't think it's going to work, but I don't think that it's going to be cut bait that fast. I think he's at least going to get two years to fail. Fourth question mark or the fourth category is the biggest question mark. Does the Aaron Rodgers-Matt LaFleur marriage work? When the Packers made this decision, I went off. I thought, what on earth are they doing? I know they're looking for the next Sean McVay, but you're not going to just find that guy just because he's young and because he's been an offensive coordinator 
and whatever else, because we saw last year something that didn't look a whole lot like Sean McVay in the play calling of the Tennessee Titans, and they couldn't wait to hire him in Green Bay without even talking to Aaron Rodgers. If it doesn't work, the egg's not going to be on Aaron Rodgers' face, I don't think. It's going to be on the ownership, the general manager, and most importantly on the floor, because the apologists for Aaron Rodgers are out. There are no apologists for Matt LaFleur, none. If they go out and they win six games or they win seven games, it's possible that they would cut bait that soon. I don't think that that will happen. We'll get to the records at the end of this segment, the way I think that this division is actually going to break down. But there is no bigger question mark for me than Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and whether or not that partnership is actually going to pay dividends and be fruitful in the way that Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy often was not. Fifth category, number of playoff teams. Two divisions are going to get multiple at least. And so I've got two coming out of the north. There are, and I did not have two coming out of the east. I did not have two coming out of the west. So that'll go ahead and give up what I'm going to say about the NFC South as well. I just look at it. And Bill Barnwell's statistic that 50% of playoff teams turn over on average this century, sometimes even more, 60% two seasons ago, for example. I did not plan it this way, but when I actually got to all my playoff teams and looked at them, it's exactly 50% change in both conferences. So I feel pretty good about that. So I've got two teams coming out of the North. When we get to the records, you'll see who those are. Now, Final category, which might be the most interesting, is who has the most to prove. You could say Rodgers, but you'd be wrong because even though he had a built-in excuse because of Mike McCarthy, he now has a new built-in excuse in the form of a rookie head coach in Matt LaFleur. There will be apologists. There will be excuses. There will be reasons why Aaron Rodgers did not get it done if indeed he doesn't get it done. You could say Mitch Trubisky. I'd say you're wrong because I think that those expectations are measured at best. No one is anticipating Mitchell Trubisky is going to become Patrick Mahomes this season. It does not mean that if he plays poorly, Chicago won't mutiny on him and they'll be looking for a new quarterback. It does mean that you don't have a ton to prove when no one's expecting a lot out of you. He has nowhere to go but up in my eyes because I just – I see some things in him, but flashes are not enough to get it done at this level in the NFL. So my answer, and I've actually done segments on this in previous shows, it's Kirk Cousins, who didn't want to be franchise tagged, who got himself out of Washington, who got paid by the Vikings, who talks about how good he is. And look, he's a really good guy. If you've ever listened to interviews, or he's a heady guy, a smart guy, a good family man. Like, there's nothing really to dislike about Kirk Cousins, except that I just think he's kind of overrated. He made my list of six most overrated persons in sports a year ago, and he's still on that list right now. Didn't look too bad in the preseason, but that doesn't really matter to me either. Kirk Cousins has to prove that he was worth the hype and the loot that the Vikings paid for him after they let Case Keenum go. Now, it didn't work out for Keenum when he left, but Keenum was a quarterback that took the Vikings to the NFC championship game. And so they let him go and they bring in Kirk Cousins. And last year, 
the Minnesota Vikings with their new high-paid quarterback who is demonstrably just far better than Case Keenum, which I didn't think at the time. I said at the time, this will not work because how much better is Kirk Cousins than Case Keenum just in terms of wins and losses from that position? I don't know that either one of those two guys is going to win you a whole lot of games. Kirk Cousins, the next time he wins a very important football game in prime time, you let me know because I want to write it down because right now that page is blank. He has not done it yet. He hasn't proven anything yet, but he's been paid like he's won a lot more than he actually has. So he has a ton to prove as far as I'm concerned. The most in the NFC North. And now for the record, I said two teams are going to get in from the NFC North. I've got the Vikings winning the division at 10 and 6. And I've got Green Bay actually making the playoffs at 10 and 6. And this is wild card material for them. I think the Vikings win the division, the Packers get that wild card and just barely nudge out the Seattle Seahawks. It's not going to be anything dominant from Green Bay. I just think they're going to be a little better, and it's just eventually Aaron Rodgers has to get back to the playoffs. Chicago Bears, 7-9. and nine. I don't think they are quite this year's Jacksonville Jaguars, but I don't believe in Mitchell Trubisky. I still see some holes there. And defensive dominance, like what we saw last year, ain't going to be there without Vic Fangio. When coaches were asked what the hardest defense to prepare for and deal with in the NFL was, a vast majority of them said Vic Fangio. He is now the head coach of my Denver Broncos. It's not that they don't still have a lot of talent. They do. But defensive efficiency at that level is also incredibly difficult to sustain. So they are ripe for a fall. And I think they're going to take a fall right out of the playoffs and right to a losing record. I don't think it's going to be question time for, for Matt Nagy, but I do think it's going to be big question time for Mitchell Trubisky. And then Detroit is a five-win team. I've got them at 5-11. and 11. I tried to even go lower, but I still think Stafford wins you some games. I still think their defense is, a, is decent at times. They've run the ball a little better over the last year. I just don't like Matt LaFleur as a head or pardon me, Matt Patricia as a head coach. But actually, I'm accurate both ways. I don't like Matt LaFleur as a head coach either. He could prove me wrong this year. So I've got the Lions at the bottom at 5 and 11, Vikings and Packers at 10 and 6, both making the playoffs. So that's two teams right there that didn't make the playoffs a season ago that I have in the postseason this year. And the Bears, a team that did make it last year, not making it with a 7 and 9 record. That is Division 1 of 4 that we have remaining. When we come back, the AFC North, maybe the most fascinating division in all of football because one team cannot stop talking and another might be true addition by Hall of Fame subtraction. We'll talk about that next. 615-737-1045 if you want to yell at me or agree with me. We'll be right back. It's the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. Zone. Welcome back to the Big Six. You're on 104.5 The Zone. We'll moon taxi for you. We're brought to you by Renters Warehouse. They're dedicated to helping homeowners benefit from the rental boom by renting their homes the easy way. Renters Warehouse, you can't buy happiness, but you can rent it. I am Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone, editor-in-chief of the Big Six blog, wrote about all elite wrestling. 
had a successful event in Chicago over Labor Day weekend, and now we sit and we wait for October the 2nd when they hit TNT television and then go head-to-head with Vince McMahon on Wednesday nights against the NXT brand. And it's going to be fun to watch those ratings just because, regardless of what you think about professional wrestling, what WWE means to USA Network cannot be overstated, considering even though ratings are in a major decline and are struggling mightily and there are serious red flags, they're still doing over 2 million viewers a week easily, often two and a half. Now, that's nothing compared to what they were doing, but the next highest rated show on USA Network, Suits, which is about to finish up if it hasn't already, its ninth and final season, is only doing somewhere between 600 and 800,000 an episode. And it ranks in around the 23rd to 25th number weekly, cable-wise. And they have a spinoff show called Pearson. And they're trying to get people over to that show. And that show's only doing a .12 in the ratings. So just from a rating standpoint and what it means for cable and money and the stock price of WWE as well, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch for sure. So check out Squared Circle Radio every Sunday morning with uh, David Reed, Brandon Hagney, and me. And we will kind of continue to give you the lowdown. Plus, I'll write as it relates to what's going on from a TV perspective going forward. But we're doing four final division previews here because we still had those left over before the NFL season officially commences tomorrow night with Chicago and Green Bay, which ought to be a really good opener. And last segment, we talked about the NFC North, and I had the Vikings and the Packers both making the playoffs at 10-6 and with Minnesota winning that division. Now let's do the AFC North. The best player in the division. It's probably still Ben Roethlisberger, although if you want to look at best at their position and where they rank, it's maybe Odell Beckham Jr. By the end of the year, it might be Miles Garrett, and I'm not kidding about that. And we're going to see that firsthand on Sunday in Cleveland as the Tennessee Titans open up against the Browns with coverage right here on Titans Radio and 104.5 The Zone. But Roethlisberger has won a couple of Super Bowls. We've seen how he can play. We've also seen, we've seen Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde on the field and off. We've seen him be difficult to deal with. We've seen him throw people under the bus on his radio show. Then we've seen him be a good teammate and apologize to those same folks. We've seen him throw for six touchdowns in a game and throw five interceptions in a game. But when he's on, no one in the division can affect a game quite like Ben Roethlisberger can affect a game. So I feel confident in saying he's still probably the best player in that division. Best coach. You could make a John Harbaugh argument or you could make a Mike Tomlin argument. I wrote them both down when I was putting together my previews. Harbaugh's won a Super Bowl. Tomlin's won a Super Bowl. I don't know how hard it is to be Mike Tomlin over this last few years when you were dealing with Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and Roethlisberger, just to name a few. It felt like the Steelers were sort of tuning Mike Tomlin's voice out, like the players weren't listening to him anymore, like he was not motivating them. But I don't know because I wasn't in that locker room. Harbaugh seems like somebody you'd want to play for. Tomlin, I still think, seems like somebody you'd want to play for. 
I'm going to give the edge to Tomlin because I've seen him win more big games when it matters. But there are concerns there in terms of some of his timeouts and his challenges and some of his clock management. But that's also been true of Andy Reid. And I gave Andy Reid the nod in the AFC West. So I'm going to give Mike Tomlin the nod still in the AFC North. Hot seat. Two guys, two rookies that we know nothing about in terms of how they can be as head coaches. Zach Taylor, I don't have the foggiest idea. He was on the Rams staff and the Bengals hired him because he had close proximity to Sean McVay, I guess. Maybe he is the next Sean McVay. I have my doubts. And then there's Freddie Kitchens. Kitchens, who, well, it depends on who you listen to as to what role he really played last year in that Browns resurgence post-Hugh Jackson. But Freddie Kitchens has not done this before. We have no idea if he can be a head coach. But we do know with all the hype, and with all the talent that seems to be on that Cleveland Browns team, somebody has to play fall guy. It's not going to be the quarterback. It's not going to be Odell. It's not going to be Juice Landry. It's not going to be Kareem Hunt. Not going to be Miles Garrett. Not going to be Denzel Ward. It's not going to be these guys. It's going to be the coach. It's going to be Freddie Kitchens because it's an easy argument to make that, all right, with all this talent, we probably should have gotten, or with this talent, but also with the volatility, we should have gotten somebody that can handle a locker room. So I would say it's Freddie Kitchens. I don't think he will be replaced this year, although the Browns do have a very quick trigger and the Bengals do not, but I think the Bengals might be one of the worst teams in football this year. Now, the biggest question mark, it is un doubtedly what the Cleveland Browns are going to do. No one enters the season with more hype. No one enters the season having spit more words out of their mouths than the stars of the Cleveland Browns. Kitchens has talked. Mayfield never shuts up. Odell, he has a hard time stopping from talking as well and doing interviews. Juice Landry, you haven't even heard much from him, but he is a talker as well. There are a whole lot of guys that have a ton of talent, but there is so much bluster, and there are guys like Lewis Riddick saying 10 wins, and a lot of people picking them to win the division and going deep into the playoffs. This is a team that has not had a winning record in over a decade. Over a decade. And people are acting like they're the new New England Patriots. And by people, I mean Odell Beckham Jr., who said they would be the New England Patriots, the new New England Patriots, during the offseason. Now it's time for the GQ magazine spreads to go away and the deep dives and these one-on-one sit-downs and all the stuff on social media. You got to play football now. And everybody's going to be gunning for you because they have sat there and listened to you talk all offseason, having proven pretty daggone little to this point. There is not – I think you could talk about – Other questions, like what is Lamar Jackson going to be with a full season and people having seen what he did at the end of the season last year, when they game plan for him, what is he going to do? Can he throw the ball? You can talk about Roethlisberger post-Antonio Brown. You can can make some other arguments, but it's not close. It's the Browns. The Browns are the most fascinating story in the league. CBS knows it. That's why Jim Nance and Tony Romo are calling that game on Sunday against the Titans. And it ain't because the Tennessee Titans are some nationally important story. There are better games they could be calling in terms of two teams that could make the playoffs playing against one another 
or an in-division game, but no, you want to be with the Cleveland Browns because we want to hear Tony Romo talk about Baker Mayfield and that offense. More than anything else, that's the decision-making process here. Now, number playoff teams coming out of the AFC North. How about one? Haven't told you who that is yet, but I don't have a wild card coming out of the North. I've got it coming out of the West, as you already know, and I don't have it coming out of, well, I'm going to stop there because it may have changed. But only one coming out of the AFC North. Who has the most to prove? Baker Mayfield has talked so much, it might be him. We know what he did at the end of last year, but is that his ceiling? There have been some things written that say this is about as good as he's ever going to be, which is good, but it's not Hall of Fame level great, and it's not going to win you Super Bowls. I don't know about that. I really like watching Baker play. I think Baker's going to have a good year. But I'm going to go a different direction and say it's actually Juju Smith-Schuster, and that's almost unfair because he hasn't said anything that he has to back up. But without Antonio Brown, the Steelers have bet on the idea of addition by subtraction and that he can be wide receiver one for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But he's going to see all of the double teams. Who is going to benefit? Is it going to be the next Juju Smith-Schuster opposite side of him that doesn't have all the attention that he's going to have? At the end of the year when Antonio Brown didn't play, Juju Smith-Schuster's numbers dropped. So I'm going to say it is Juju. I don't know if he's going to answer the bell. I know he's very talented, but I would say looking at it overall, even though he has not said anything to put himself in this position, it's Juju Smith-Schuster. And now for the record. I have got the the uh, Cincinnati Bengals at 3-13, and 13, which is tied for the worst record in my league in the way I predict it. I know Dalton usually wins more games than that. I, A.J. Green can't stay healthy. Zach Taylor, I just don't have any idea what to make of him. I don't see a ton of skill talent on that defense right now. I like Mixon. I just I don't think that they're going to be very good, quite frankly. Then I've got two 8-8 eight eight teams, Baltimore Ravens, Jackson's going to win some games, and he's going to lose some games. Defenses that can bottle him up as fast as he is or force him into a couple of errant throws are going to beat the Baltimore Ravens, even though they have a good defense. But Baltimore, similar to, I think at least, Chicago, they're reliant on their defense, and I don't know that it's going to be quite as good this year as it was a season ago. Cleveland Browns I also have at 8-8. 500. Not a winning record, not a drop-off from last year, not in the playoffs. I don't think it's going to start particularly well. I think they might get better, but there are a lot of folks that are going to throw people under the bus or have a tendency to do so, and they're going to have to check themselves. There's just too much new here. There's too much unproven here on the sidelines as well as on the field itself with the players for me to feel comfortable. And I've actually got the Steelers winning 11 games this year. Connor has proven he can run. Washington looks like he can fill in in that Juju Smith-Schuster role as Juju makes the move up to wide receiver one. I think Roethlisberger wants to prove it was him as much as it was, if not more than Antonio Brown. And without Bell, without Brown's stories hanging over this team, they can go play football. They also made great decisions in the draft, particularly replacing Ryan Shazier in that linebacker spot and finding a new leader. I just like Pittsburgh this year. I think they're going to be one of the better teams in the AFC. Steelers didn't make the playoffs last year. I've got them in this year. Ravens made it last year, got them out. 
Steelers, your only team coming out of the AFC North. 615-737-1045 is how you reach this program. we got to take a break. When we come back, the NFC South, and we'll finish off the program with the AFC South and all a recap of all the teams I have in the playoffs. This is the Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. Zone. Welcome back, Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. Little Jack White saw the Rockin' Tours night one of their Ryman residency last week. If they come somewhere near you, go see them. Incredible show. Also, you can actually watch the entire thing on YouTube. They uploaded it. They had all these cameras and stuff. It was a lot of fun. If you were there, actually, a couple of listeners came up to me and said hello, said some very kind things. That was awesome. It's always cool to see people out and about. I am Jason Martin. You can find me on Twitter at jmartzone. One of them, I believe his name was Keith. Hope I got that right. I didn't have a pen to write it down. And my memory might not be what it once was. Used to be a huge strength. Now it's just mildly a strength. 737-1045 with the 615 area codes. How you reach this program. And Greg in Rhode Island did just that. So we go to him now. Greg, how are you? How you doing, my friend? Good. Good. You know, I want to say one telling thing today was that Ben Jones got named uh, captain. Um, you know, here's a guy. He's got a, a, a good contract going for him. So that tells me that the team has a lot of faith in him. Which, which makes you feel good because we're going to need him really badly the first four games. Um, you know, we talk about the success of Henry and, and Mariota. It's really going to be dependent on that line. So, uh, you know, we're going to need big things out of that line, especially Ben Jones that first week. Yeah, you're not right. Uh, or you're not wrong. Pardon me. He has never missed a game in his years in Tennessee. Four 1,000-yard rushers during his career. I mean, literally, I mean, he started 16 games for five straight years, dating back to the final two years as a Texan. 112 straight games, which is tied for first in the NFL among offensive linemen. 80 consecutive starts. So he has been a part of some strong rushing attacks, and certainly the O-line is crucially important to Mariota and crucially important to Derrick Henry. And in the absence of LaJuan for that first month, Jones and everybody, that's playing on that O-line is going to have that much more of a responsibility to make sure they're not missing assignments and that they are as adept with their footwork as we've seen and are making smart football plays and are just intimately aware of everything that's going on around them. But good for Ben Jones, first of all. And his ability to be on the field, his availability, probably a large part of the reason why he got paid. All right, two more divisions. Let's run through the NFC South quickly so we have good time for the AFC South in the final segment. Best player in the division is still Drew Brees. He's still in my list of six best quarterbacks. Yes, the back half of last year was not particularly good for him. You could argue with Matt, you can argue Matt Ryan. You can argue, argue Julio Jones, I think, easily. Michael Thomas, easily. Kamara, I love to death. I still think that some people undervalue him. That's my list. But it's Breeze right now, even though this could be the last time that we can make that argument. Same thing for Roethlisberger, as a matter of fact. Best coach is Sean Payton. I don't think this requires much exposition. Payton has done it forever. His offense still works. He has helped extend Drew Breeze's career with how he has set him up for success. I think he is one of the reasons Michael Thomas got paid. And the way he's utilized the running back position since Kamara has been there has 
I wasn't a huge Sean Payton fan a couple of seasons ago. I have shifted. Plus, he's won a Super Bowl. Who's on the hot seat? I've got Ron Rivera because if the Panthers are average or below average this year, have they tuned him out in the same way I felt like maybe the Steelers had Mike Tomlin last year? I think Rivera's a good coach. Sometimes he says some kind of odd things, but he's a defensive mind in a job that is going the opposite direction and where offense is king. And so I think it is Rivera because you could you could look at the Falcons. I don't, not yet. And then you can look at the Bucks, but you don't bring in a Bruce Arians to let him go after one year. Unless he were to have had enough and decide, I want to go back to the booth and wear the Kangol and do games overseas, then that could change it. But I'll still say it's Rivera. Biggest question mark. This one's not as easy. Is the Breeze drop-off legit? I think that's one you could ask. Can Cam Newton stay healthy? Because we've seen that that's been a question and a problem for him. Can the Falcons get back to the Super Bowl and try to right the wrong of a few seasons ago? And then there is, I think, the real answer, which is what is Jameis Winston? The line graph says he's gotten better every year. He's gotten more efficient, and he's thrown the ball better each season. A lot of people don't know that, but it's true. Look it up. But if he does not get it done with Bruce Arians this year, if the Bucs are not good with him under center, with all the weapons that he has around him to throw to, this could be the last time he gets a chance to be a starting quarterback in this league. He might immediately become a backup as a result. Number of playoff teams coming out of the NFC South, I've got two. I'll tell you who they are in a second. Most to prove, you could make Cam Newton. I'll still say it's probably Jameis. Again, for the reason I just said. This could be his, I mean, this is his put-up-or-shut-up year. Him and some other quarterbacks. But if he doesn't get it done here, I don't know who's taking a chance on him because of the red flags that we've seen from him off the field. He doesn't have the equity that maybe a Marcus Mariota does. Now for the records. I've got the Falcons winning the division at 11-5. and five. The Saints taking a bit of a step back at 10-6, and six, but also making the playoffs. The Panthers 7-9, and nine, and I think maybe Ron is done this year in Carolina. And then I've got the Bucs winning five games. I think they've got all the talent in the world. I just think that that's a tough division, first of all. Not an easy schedule. A lot of new pieces. And as much as I like Arians, just feels like Winston is not long for that gig. So I've got them at 5-11. and 11. Falcons win the division. Saints at 10-6. and six. AFC South finishes up our NFL Big Six division previews when we come back. The question, do I have the Tennessee Titans making the playoffs. I'll answer it next. Big six here on 104.5 The Zone. Hey, what's up? It's the final segment of the Big Six here on this Wednesday. Hope it finds you and yours doing incredibly well. I'm fantastic. I'm Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. Vol calls coming up. I don't know that a lot of those callers are going to be doing fantastic. Also, Global Golf Radio and the Neutral Zone still to come this evening, so stick with the zone all evening long. If you're watching U.S. Open or baseball, whatever, put it on mute and listen to us. Had somebody tweet me, uh, Gator Mike, actually, one of our best listeners here at the zone, and ask if I had put out takes on college football and UT in particular over the weekend, and the answer was no. Because during the football season, you got Coach Max show that debuts tomorrow. I can't wait to hear that. It's going to be so good. 
And, of course, Monday and Tuesday belong to Titans Radio as well. So during the football season, I get Wednesdays and Fridays here in this time slot. And let me be real. I wasn't thrilled just because I wanted to have more opportunity to talk to you, especially about a sport that I love so much. And, of course, I've got the Jason Martin Show that you can hear on Fox Sports Radio on Sunday mornings. And you can hear that show right here on The Zone or anywhere else in the country via the Fox Sports Radio affiliate or foxsportsradio.com. But I needed something else. I wanted to find something else. And I couldn't really think of what made the most sense. Luckily, two and a half weeks from today, basically, I am marrying someone smarter than me and better than me and someone that had the idea without me even having to ask for it came to me and brought it to my attention. And so the quick six is now a thing. That's going to be a podcast that's going to release on Monday mornings that will be my immediate reactions to what took place over the weekend in college football and in the NFL. It'll be a 15, 20-minute deal probably. And I will just sound off on everything that's going on. And, of course, you've got the Tennessee Tailgate Show. You can hear me there with Joey Ken on Saturdays during the season. But I wanted to be able to react. And so it's not as if I needed another reason to marry Abby. I mean, but there's just there's not just marry her, but another reason to love her. But she offered me yet another one, a helpmate in every sense of the word and a true blessing from my Lord. Like just unbelievable. I can't wait to actually get to that altar. I know that a lot of people joke about that in the opposite direction. Not here. And the quick six is something that I would never have come up with, especially not that name. She even had the name. It's not really what she does, but she did it anyway. Absolutely tremendous. So the quick six is a thing that will be happening. All right, let's do the AFC South. The final division that we have left, best player in the, in the division. I wrote down a lot of names. DeAndre Hopkins, Jalen Ramsey, J.J. Watt, Jarrell Casey, Kevin Byard, Deshaun Watson. I don't know what the answer is. I think that the first name I wrote down was DeAndre Hopkins, and I might stick with that. Because I think at what he does, he is so valuable to Deshaun Watson and to the Bill O'Brien offense in Houston. And you can't replace him. Watt has health issues. Deshaun Watson still growing pains a little bit, still throws a couple of balls that you don't love. Deshaun's probably my second guy. Jarrell has been a warrior. He's had some health issues, but he's been fantastic. Kevin Byard, we all love to death. Ramsey talks a lot, but he can back it up most of the time. So you can argue with any of those guys. I'll go with Hopkins. Best coach, Frank Wright. I know it was a one-year thing, but Frank Wright seemed to make the Philadelphia Eagles better considering how they did not look in his absence last year. And I think Doug Peterson is great, but Reich is great as well. Who's on the hot seat? I don't think Doug Marone is anything special in Jacksonville. He, that team kind of fell apart under him last year. I don't know if anybody could have kept that team together, but I think Marone is very malarkey-like. I think he's kind of average. And Bill O'Brien makes a lot of boneheaded moves, likes to throw to tight ends four yards off the ball. Watson kind of gives him a new option, but I expected when Bill O'Brien got that job that he would be better than he has been. And eventually that's going to cost him that gig in Houston. Maybe that happens this year. One of those two guys, I will predict to you, will not be back next year. Biggest question mark in the division. You can look at Deshaun Watson's health. You can look at 
Jacoby Brissett, what's going to happen in Indianapolis in the wake of the Andrew Luck retirement. You can look at Jacksonville. Are they going to be able to put the pieces back together? I still think it's probably Marcus and whether or not he's going to get the money. He's got the same agent as guys that have in Wentz and Goff. I saw Buck Rising, who filled in on the wake-up zone on Monday. It's really cool to have good people, talented people, free to ply their craft across the board. So we were made better on Monday morning with him. We'll be made better when he's on 3HL on Fridays. We'll be made better with Buck Rising just being a part of what we're doing from time to time. He's great with A to Z. All those guys are. Alex Doherty, Austin, Zach, all those guys work incredibly hard. I couldn't be prouder, and I obviously I have nothing to do with this, but I couldn't be prouder of the work that they're doing. But Buck actually put that point out earlier today via his Twitter and talked about how the agent does matter, and it does. And that's why I look at the golf thing. We're going to talk about the, the golf thing a little bit more on Friday when we have some more time. But I still think it's Mariota just because are you going to pay him? Are you going to franchise tag him? Or are you going to let him walk even though you want him to be the face of the franchise? Number of playoff teams, one. It was two. Andrew Luck leaves, and that changes, which means I had to change another thing, which when we get to the list of playoff teams here in just a second, you will see what has shifted. Most approved, it's not Jacoby Brissett because people aren't expecting enough yet. I think you could say it's Mariota. I'm going to say it's Nick Foles. I still think Nick Foles has the best Halloween costume in the NFL, a backup quarterback disguised as a starter. Great costume. He has a ton to prove because he got paid a lot to be Nick Foles. I love Nick Foles. I don't think he's going to be able to prove it. Now for the record, Jags, 6-10. and 10. That's what I think of Nick Foles' addition without a whole lot surrounding him. He doesn't have what he had in Philadelphia, nor does he have Doug Peterson. The Colts, 7-9. and nine. I like Jacoby Brissett a lot. This is just too much to try and overcome right now. They could surprise. They could still win the division because I think this might be the worst division in football now because I have the winner. At 8-8. Eight eight. As a matter of fact, I've got two teams at 8-8. Eight eight, the Texans and the Titans. So which one wins? I've got your Tennessee Titans in the playoffs this year at 8-8. Eight eight. Via tiebreaker, I don't have a lot to back it up, but I think they have as good a shot as any, and I like the pieces. I feel like they have less holes than many other teams. And I'm looking for Corey Davis to have a breakout year and Derrick Henry still be able to run the ball. Now, my playoff teams overall in our final minute. NFC, Vikings, Packers, Saints, Falcons, Cowboys, Rams. That's three new from last season. The Vikings, the Packers, and the Falcons getting back in. AFC, Steelers, Titans, Patriots, Chiefs, Chargers. And with the Colts being moved out of my list because of Andrew Luck, the Jets at 8-8 eight eight will get in. With Darnold and Gase working well, with a defense that you like, that got a lot better with Quinn and Williams, and with Le'Veon Bell running the ball. So again, three new from last season. I got the Jets in over Houston and Baltimore, who also have eight and eight records via tiebreak rules. It's zero and one for the Vols with BYU coming up. Up next here on the Zone is Vol calls. Coach Mack tomorrow night. I will be with you. On Friday, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose, God bless, and good night from Nashville.